When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am your girl, Rita, the NFL chick, with my guy, Cordell Woodland of 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, oh... It is the song that doesn't end. It goes on and on, my friend. And by that, I mean the Ravens-Lamar Jackson contract saga. It continues and just continues and just continues. And so last week, we had Stephen A. Smith go on first take and say that someone in Lamar's camp reached out to him, said that he didn't request a fully guaranteed deal, which I had said on this podcast before. I had said that it was rumored that he did not ask for a fully guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so allegedly they went and to and, and got their side of the story out to Stephen A. Smith, and he reported that on his show. And then on Monday, Mike Florio goes on Chris Sims' podcast to talk about the contract situation, to talk about what the NFLPA is putting out there and how they appear to be purposely trying to leave out important information so they can kind of move the goalposts a little bit and and receive maybe some sympathy possibly from um, NFL fans and Ravens fans regarding the Lamar situation. This is what he had to say. Till we see the whole contract. And, and let's just put out the whole contract, NFLPA. Instead of calling Mort or Ryan Clark or Stephen A. Smith and saying, oh, they only gave him $133 million guaranteed. They're really trying to screw this guy. Put everything out there for a full analysis. I'm happy to do the full analysis and explain to everyone what it is and let the people decide whether or not Lamar Jackson should have taken it. I got a feeling, Chris, if everything was out there, at a time when we can't agree on anything, the vast majority of people would say, oh, Lamar. Oh, Lamar, you better hope they put that back on the table this year. Because, I, because frankly, after last year, I'm not 100% sure that offer is going to come back uh, I, if it's what I think it was. So according to Lamar himself, Cordell, we heard, we heard him say that the contract that was offered for him had a guarantee between $160 million and $180 million, which was consistent with reports that he came out and said that the Ravens offered him something similar to a Kyler Murray contract, probably a little bit more money, but somewhere in the area so you can have an understanding. What keeps going around is the concept of the total guarantees versus the fully guarantees. And what Stephen A. Smith said on his show last week was contradicting of what Mike Florio came out and said, which was somebody is purposely giving this $133 million number because it looks a certain way. But that is not the total guarantee. That allegedly was, you know, the fully guarantee, but the total guarantee which was much higher than that which again was a, a, according to Lamar was somewhere in the realm of 160 to 180 million dollars, right? 
Mm -hmm. So it seems as though someone is purposely putting out inaccurate information so they can look a certain way um, in terms of like potentially the Ravens lowballing Lamar Jackson, right? Um, and Florio has said numerous times, if that's not the case, because the NFLPA, because we know that he's been, they've been working with Lamar, they can actually put out what was offered, mm -hmm. but they're not. They're not doing that. And so if you want to, you know, put all of this to bed, you could absolutely say this is what was offered for him. This is what, you know, he requested. All we're getting is, no, this is not what happened. No, this is what is not is going right. on. Nobody's giving us any, you know, specific information. So when you see Florio speak on that, what did you think? in regards to where this whole situation has gone from um, a contract perspective and also the media perspective and how it's being reported and what information is giving out. It's all going according to plan, you know, and honestly, I, I felt, I, I think I said it on the last episode that this is going to get uglier. It, the, this entire process is going to get uglier. It's going to be dragged out. The, throughout the course of the entire offseason. And we're going to hear stories coming out of every angle uh, about every situation. And now you, you, we went from hearing duplicate stories to now we're hearing conflicting stories. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, I just think that this is what you get when you have a high-profile player that doesn't have necessarily any representation and – you know, uh, before we went from not hearing really anything from Lamar's camp and in a span of like a week and a half, <laughs> it's, it's like somebody gave whoever a mic and now they're like, <laughs> or a telephone. You're right. You know, it's like LeVar Ball going on this ESPN tour. It's like all for for a string of a couple of days, all you kept hearing, well, from Lamar's camp, I'm here, like, when is when was this a thing? When right. when was Lamar's camp just you know the vocal one? So, I, I you know like Florio said, I do agree with him in the sense that we're getting incomplete information. We're getting one thing, and we're not getting the full story to really be able to understand fully what's all going on, what types of offers are really being put in place uh, in, in front of Lamar, what types of offers. Are Le is Lamar really looking for? Everybody's been under this impression of he wants a fully guaranteed deal. And like you said, you said it on this show. You know, I've said it on my show. And I feel like I've heard Lamar himself say, you know, maybe not to the extent that he's not looking for a fully guaranteed deal. But he has said that, you know, I'm not Deshaun Watson. Just I'm not necessarily looking uh, at letting his situation dictate what I'm looking for. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Watson's situation didn't have any impact on what Lamar's looking for because right. it's the market. It affects the market. Of course, it has an impact on what he's looking for. But that's not to say that he believes or, or that he's necessarily stuck on a fully guaranteed deal. I think that that's kind of been a shield that people have kind of hid behind for so long because it kind of simplifies uh, it, it allows people to pick a side easier. You know, if if Lamar is asking for something that outlandish, then it makes people that don't want him here to kind of be like, oh, well, see, I definitely, you know, he, who's paying him that kind? It makes the debate easier. But when you figure out that, okay, that's not what he's looking for, what exactly is it that he's looking for? It becomes a little more complex. And I think 
now I, I'm starting to, you know, question how, how much does Lamar want to be in Baltimore? And I'm not saying that he's right or wrong in a sense of what, you know, what either side, I just truly would like to know, like how important is it to him to remain in Baltimore? I think time will tell once some of these other quarterbacks start getting their deals this off season, I, I think we'll start to see how, how much LeBron, how much Lamar really wants to remain in Baltimore. Um, and considering some of these guys, obviously nobody the fully guaranteed thing I think should start going to bed soon but they're going to that what they get guys like Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts more importantly um what they get is going to dictate I think where Lamar kind of falls in place at so um if if they are able to come to an agreement the way it looks right now honestly that would be a shock to me it, it just seems like this thing is getting messier by the day yeah, and I I don't you know look money is the greatest neutralizer out there, and I so I don't want to sit here and say like you know they can't come to terms. We've seen lots of players get into it with you know the teams that they were with because they wanted new deals, and you know we've seen you know Debo Samuel just a year ago we we saw those types of things happen, but then like you know once the money gets offered and it's the money that you 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 will take changes everything you know what i mean so i don't want to sit here and say that it, it's a severed relationship but it does feel like the bridge is slowly burning day by day the more that the days go by the more that the bridge is slowly just taking a burn you know what mm -hmm. i mean and so um you had mentioned this to me and i want to bring this up to the podcast um joel corey who writes for cbs sports um talked to an agent and made a suggestion about the contract in which that Lamar Jackson should try to go after. Now, one of the things that we had heard previously um, that was rumored, obviously, because nobody's saying anything. But one of the rumors, Cordell, that was being said was that the Ravens wanted a longer deal in terms of five years and that the um, Lamar's camp wanted a shorter deal, um, three years or so on. So, you know, so they can renegotiate, which honestly, quarterback deals probably should be three year deals because the market resets itself so often. Um, but, you know, obviously you can understand why teams don't want to commit to that, right? Because they don't want to reset the market. Mm -hmm. So um, the person who talked to Corey suggested this. Four years, uh, the average salary would be $52.5 million. The total would be $210 million. Overall contract guarantees is $170. The fully guarantee at $150. Because remember, those are two different things, okay? The overall guarantee and the fully guarantee are two different things. So um, obviously this shortens it, shortens the deal to, to you know, from five years to, to four, um, gets about $170 million in total guarantees. Um, and so the signing bonus, he'd get $85 million, you know, straight off the, off the, mm -hmm. the signing block. Um, I think this is a good deal. I mean, if you're averaging $52 million, over $52 million a year, you're going to be – you're easily one of the highest-paid quarterbacks he, in the national He would football. be the highest-paid. Okay. I mean, and I say that because, obviously, we still don't know what's going to happen with Burrow right. and those other right. guys. Right. So, but, but, I mean, as of right now, you're clearly the front-runner for the highest, mm -hmm. you know, paid quarterback in the National Football League. Um, it allows you to not, you know, hold Lamar captive for, you know, a long-term contract. 
Um, you know, because like you said, like we've seen, we've seen lots of guys get like five year deals, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We know Patrick Mahomes got like a 10 year deal, and right. that's that's you know what it is, but that'll be restructured at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's a fluid contract. Future. I think that's the right. part that people keep forgetting that they can they can add more money to the right. contract. Um, so the terms that we hear about it doesn't ne- necessarily reflect what he could actually get, but. You know, people, you know, if when it fits the narrative that you're trying right. to force, it's language gonna... and it's a lot of language in these contracts. I think right. that people don't really grasp fully. They see the number that shows up on the bottom line, what's there on you yep. know on ESPN and stuff, and that's it. That's so it. When you look at this contract, Cordell, this suggestion, um, do you, I, I mean I think this is a good contract. I I, I like it. Um, I mean, because in terms of, yes, y- y'all going to sit here and say, well, it's only 170 fully, I mean, uh, total guarantee, but, the, but it's only four years. So I, I, I think, and, and and the annual salary too is very, very lucrative. Right. I like it. Um, what, what say you? Well, Rita, I mean, it, the numbers sound great. Like you said, it's, it's kind of that middle ground also in terms of uh, years, uh, for the Ravens who want a longer term deal, imagine probably a five year deal. And Lamar is probably looking towards something like a three year deal. This contract, in a sense, is a three year deal almost because uh, one of the keys that Joe Corey was telling me about uh, that he would add in this contract is he's kind of stealing a little bit from Dak Prescott in his deal, where he has a clause in there where, number one, he has a no trade clause. And number two, they can't put a franchise tag on him or the transition tag on him either. So Lamar would have the power to go right into the open market after his contract is up. So once you get into that fourth year, the Ravens are going to have to decide, are they going to extend him or are they going to trade him? You know, because they run the risk of losing him for nothing. Um, And also a lot of that money will be paid you know, in the first couple of years of, of that contract as well, the way the way the uh, percentages will work out, he he would be uh, uh, get, I think, close to a little over 60 percent of that deal within the first two years um, of, of his deal. So it would it would really be a bit. I think it's really the gray area. You know, it's really that middle ground between the two sides where Lamar you get the, uh, the shorter term contract you're looking for. You still hold the power because you're you, you can't be franchise tag uh, again. You can test the open market. Um, and as the Ravens, a you don't give out that fully guaranteed deal, and b you keep your franchise player. So, um, I think that's important. Um, it it forces both sides to kind of back up a little bit off of what they want but it's just enough to keep this marriage together um and and I I do ultimately still believe that both sides want each other when I was asking whether or not how important it is is it to Lamar I'm simply asking like how how important is it on the on on his list of important things this all season I think money is number 1 of course, as it should be. As it should be. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I think remaining in Baltimore is probably second. Maybe, uh, shoot, he. I think I, I, I think it's that Lamar's feelings have been a little hurt. I would imagine these contract negotiations have gone on pretty long now. This has been a couple of years. Um, 
He's going to, that was one of the other things I talked to Joe Corey about when he was on my show is just, you know, he, him being a former agent, some of the things that uh, Lamar would hear in these negotiations, especially with them going on as long as they have, it's not out of the the human side. His feelings may be hurt. He may feel a little disrespected at times and him getting hurt the last two years hasn't helped. Um, You know, so I I would imagine that they've had conversations that we could only wish that we could be a part of for sure. Um, But like I said, hopefully he hasn't felt like he's all that he's really been disrespected by the organization, because if not, then I think remaining in Baltimore is probably second on his list. Um, So, yeah, you, you know, we'll see what happens. But I definitely like that that contract offer from Joe Corey because, like I said, I, I think it really puts it right in the middle where both sides are still getting where what they want um, and neither side is necessarily feeling like the other got over on them. The Ravens may feel like Lamar's getting over a little bit, but that's the price you pay to keep the face of your franchise. You know, yeah. I, I think that's more than doable. So I agree. And I, I, I just really th- hope that they can try to come up with some type of solution. It just feels like as every day that goes by, it just feels like right. one, it's, it's a, it's a less of a percentage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then now that everybody, you know, that, that, that Lamar's camp is actually talking to the media. It, it you, you just got to wonder how this is going to go. But like I said, at the beginning of this segment, money is the best equalizer to, to fa- fix all of these types of things. And if somebody gets compensated the way that they feel is fair, then peace can happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, you really hope that they can come and, 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 and get this done sooner rather than later and continue to, you know, drag this on as the season goes on. Before we get to our next segment, are you subscribe to the winning drive podcast if not hit that subscribe button so that every time there is a new episode you will be the first to receive it so cordell let's continue the conversation and about lamar i i, I know that uh you guys love talking about the the lamar raven situation but with that said glenn and i on our show on sunday asked the question to the listeners have you continue to follow everything that's going on with the Lamar Jackson Ravens contract talk. Are you suffering from fatigue from this situation? Um, Where do people stand? And a good portion of people, uh, I I think it's both. (laughs) You know, it's, it's like, you know how people say, you know, it's like you see an accident, but you can't turn yourself away Mm -hmm. from it. I think people have fatigue for sure. Um, But I also think, people can't stop following it either. You've had some people that say, I'm not in it. Y'all just gonna have to let me know when something goes on. Yeah, but unfortunately, like, if you're on social media, if you use any type of social media platform, I think unless you found a way to mute all of the, the, the focal keywords, you are really unable to shake it. And if you're a Ravens fan, on social media and you have algorithms the algorithms already found you they know that you like ravens talk they know that you like lamar jackson talk so it's just gonna pop up on your timeline Mm -hmm. with no no concerns so it's very hard unless you just choose to not listen to the radio not listen you know log into your social media platforms to really kind of get away from it 
But I do think that you're starting to sense that there's a lot of fatigue going on in the town of fans that just really want something to get done to the point where you're starting to see more people saying, look, even if it's like a trade, I just need, I just want closure here, Mm -hmm. you know? So from your perspective, do you see, you know, more people just like, I'm just kind of tired of this at this point. I, I, I just want some type of resolution or, are people still very like entrenched into what's going on? Yeah. I mean, I've gone through this myself, you know, uh, multiple times, but more recently the situation with Kirk Cousins, you know, and it dominated everything that I looked at that off season from the radio to TV nationally, not even just locally, uh, social media, it, it was everywhere. What was going on with Kirk Cousins, all this uh, yeah. people speculating, all the stories, everything going on. It was it was a mess. So heading into this offseason with Lamar, I already knew that was going to be the case. You know, a lot of people were talking about how fatigued they were lat- during the training camp when that was pretty much all the questions, you know, towards Lamar were dominated by contract questions to where Lamar had to basically cut it off and had to put a in place a, a, like a self-imposed deadline of when I guess the deal was going to get done and when he was going to stop talking about it. Um, but the the truth is, you know, I think people can say that they're fatigued and probably I'm not saying that they're not fatigued at all. Um, of course, it gets tiring hearing the same thing over and over, especially when there's no real new information. Um, it, it's a lot of regurgitated stuff just in different forms. But I, I, I do think at the same time, it's it's still entertaining. I can tell you right now, I, I mean, I shoot, I can I can't I have to actively try to not bring Lamar's name up when I'm doing my show, because as soon as I do, the phone lines are going to go start crazy. Ringing. It's going to go crazy. And it's you're going to hear, you know, like a whole bunch of perspectives and i love hearing from the people for sure i mean if i if i could i would we we would literally uh well i should say if i wanted to but we we could have the whole show ran by calls on lamar and you would hear a bunch of different perspectives some some similar ones but you're going to hear some left field stuff you're going to hear some you know some logical things and and you're going to hear some things you didn't expect to hear at all but um I think that this is just what happens when you have a high profile player that also plays a high profile position in the most high profile sport in this country. Um, it, it just is what comes with it. And you think about it, the Ravens haven't necessarily been the team to like dominate the offseason headlines. I mean, the last couple of years, the thing, this storm with Lamar has kind of been brewing, yeah. but this off season is going to be like any other in the past where it's definitely, we're here. We're in the end game, you know, right now, I think with, with Lamar uh, and the Ravens. So um, I think people are kind of worn out a little bit just because like I said, you, you hear a lot of the same stories. You see a lot of the same things, especially if you're on Twitter, because you're not just getting actual reports and news on Lamar, you're getting, like you said, you're in the algorithm. So now you're getting all the fan tweets about Lamar and the organization. You're hearing every opinion, every point of view possible because Twitter is putting it right there in front of you. So that in itself can definitely make it uh, tiresome. 
I can tell you just from being somebody that's on the radio, you know, it, it's definitely talked about every day, you know, so it's it's tough to really listen to any sports talk about the Ravens expecting to not hear about Lamar Jackson. The fact of the matter is everything that the Ravens try to do this offseason is in some way, shape or form tied to Lamar. It, he he affects the cap. He affects what their draft capital is going to look like this season and beyond. You know, he affects how much they can do in free agency. He, it, he dictates in, in a little bit how other teams are going to go about their offseason. How, how, how much are they going to look to spend in free agency? Are they going to franchise tag certain guys in fear that it'll hinder them from being able to get into the Lamar sweepstakes. It's it, this really impacts the league as a whole and it's become this monster that we can't avoid. I want to reset a little bit and talk about um, another thing that Florio mentioned in terms of um, Lamar uh, allegedly um, had a, uh, a company, a shoe company want to co to go to him and, um, you know, get together to create a, a shoe collaboration, which, you know, it doesn't out the realm. Many of people do those types of things. Um, and that um, allegedly, you know, it, it just didn't work out because of um, representation or lack thereof, depending on how you view it. Um, we know that Lamar is not represented. We know that his camp um, does include like his mother and such. And so when you hear these things, because from my understanding, um, shoe companies were interested in getting a deal done with Lamar about, you know, a collaboration um, and approached his, his camp with such. As you and I both know, he does not have a deal. Um, when you hear these types of things, how much do you can, you know, because I, I think a lot of people feel that there's a lot of empowerment and um, not being represented. And I understand the logic. Um, however, we are now in a situation where there's a potentially messy contract negotiating going on. Um, now we're hearing about the said shoe deal that fell through. How much do you think that Having an agent could not only, you know, had made this deal happen already, but potentially just Lamar being a guy who can live off of his endorsements, like guys like Rob Gronkowski and other guys that, that have done it over the years and still just bank all of his extra money that he earns as an NFL player. How much do you feel like an agent would be really imperative in this situation, or do you not have a problem with how things are, are going now? No, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to look at it from both sides, but I, I think that number one, an agent would help. No doubt about it. Uh, a lot of, you know, I, I hate when I hear people say that if he had an agent, the deal would be done now. Probably, probably, but I think it would go a, it wouldn't just, I don't think it would go as smoothly as people think. It, people act like these situations don't get ugly, even when an agent is involved, sometimes even more uglier. So I, I, I'm not convinced that necessarily having an agent would have meant that this would have been a happy ending. This would have turned into a Disney film. I'm, I'm not ready to see <laughs> that just yet. 
you know, uh, but I will say things would have gone easier. You know, these people, they have been in this in industry. They know how the game works. Um, it, I, I just think it's good to hire people that do these things. It always pisses me off. And this is, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of going left field here, but when I, uh, when I went to school for journalism and everything, and I wanted to be a, a sports analyst and, and everything like that. And then I'm seeing like, well, they're hiring nothing but former athletes now. It's nothing but <laughs> former athletes getting a job. Like what happened to all the people that went to school to get a journalism degree? Like this is what we're trying. And I get it. They're, they're professionals. That I, I get they bring a different analyst perspective. But I'm saying that to say, you know, uh, not all of them are great. Not, right. not every athlete that goes on to TV to try to be an analyst is no is good at their job. Um, and it's the same thing here. It's it's going to be tough, I think, to uh, all to expect things to go as smoothly as it does for maybe some other people on the team that have agents because they it, it's a different world now. The dynamics have now changed that that formula that that's usually there when, especially in terms of player and team negotiations um, has changed now because now that team is having to deal with a player. It, it changes things there, but not even just in trying to get an extension with the team. You, you brought up the Florio shoe deal situation, even in terms of getting endorsements, there's no reason Lamar Jackson as polarizing as a figure as he is, as big of a name as Lamar Jackson is, as popular as he is, that this dude isn't plastered all over the place and yep. has endorsements yep. out of this world. It's it's truly mind-blowing. And I think that's going to be one of the most disappointing things. I think, uh, obviously, anything can change. Um, but if it goes this route for the remainder of his career, that is going to be extremely, I think, disappointing, um, especially considering this football, you know, it's no it's no telling how long this is going to last. You yep. got to find other ways to, to get it. And, you know, I, I think he knows that as well. I, I'm just really surprised that it's, it's gone the way it has right now. But I look at Lamar a little bit like somebody, I think, and I think he said this in the past, maybe when he was on the shop with LeBron, but I think he looks at kind of what LeBron has done and how LeBron was able to kind of get, do the same thing almost, you know, he made, he, he got big and it was this circle that ended up representing him. That's his team. It, even as far as his agent, all of the, everything LeBron, his entire team is from the people he came up with. And I think maybe that's kind of the, a little bit of the mindset with Lamar. Why give this percentage to somebody? I don't know that wasn't there with me when I can give it to somebody that got it out the mug with, me. you know what I'm saying? And, and I, don't, I don't have a problem with him doing that, doing that, like maybe for his second deal. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I don't have a problem with like eventually getting it to somebody else. Um, but um, you are basketball and football are, 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 are very different in a no, lot of ways. No and so, you know, that so, and so I, I, while I do think that that's very possible, that that's the logic behind it. Um, I just don't know if that's something that you could necessarily do in the NFL. Obviously we know guys have, um, been represented that not represented, you know, by an agent and gotten deals. Roquan is a guy, but Roquan uh, had a guy who has years of professional experience of negotiation. Let's be clear. Like Roquan just didn't go in there himself and do that. 
Um, he had help. And by the way, he was represented when he first came into the NFL. He had an agent. They left um, the agency in which they w uh, were at and, and Roquan just didn't follow his agent. Right. Um, I have been very vocal about how I feel about this. I am. I believe that Lamar should have an agent. I think that Lamar is too big and too polarizing of a person to um, lose ground. Mm -hmm. And I say this out of love. Right. Um, I say this because Lamar has been scrutinized. He has been um, he has been put on a different type of uh, pedestal in terms of like how we examine him as a quarterback, how we break down who, what he can do. And he has been told many a times, you know, maybe you should do something else. Maybe you should play some other position. The things that he's had to go through to prove that he's a quarterback means that Lamar and for him to have played at the level that he's played at the NFL, Lamar should get everything. He deserves the world. He deserves it because he's earned it. He's earned the right to get everything that's offered to him. The problem therein lies is that those that are in this camp that lack the experience to give him the world is where we have a disconnect. And the, the more we get away from that magical 2019 season, the more we get away from Lamar potentially capitalizing off of what he could do. Now, of course, he can have a whole new 2019 season, right? He could do it again. He could have a great season and be an NFL MVP again. I'm not saying that that was just a, a one-and-done type of thing. I think that Lamar works hard enough that he can be in conversations, if healthy, every year, right? But ultimately, you don't want the, to lose the magic. You have to capitalize off of the now. That's the NFL. You already mentioned Cordell. You don't know how long you're going to be in this league. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. Nobody knows their path until it's over, right? And so I just want Lamar to get every single dime he deserves. Does that mean you got to pay a cut to somebody else that's going to get it for you? Hey, that's what it's going to be. I pay my tax. I pay my tax, guy. Because I don't know. I, I tried to do my taxes one time, Cordell. And guess what? I ended up owing money all because I just did something. You, you thought it was easy, right? Because right. I ain't have a whole, right. I ain't had no assets or nothing. All I did was put the wrong number on the wrong line. And guess what? <laughs> I ended up owing money. So I pay my money. I pay the tax man mm -hmm. every year. Okay? I can change my tire if I need to. Guess what? I'm paying for the service because they can do it better than me. So it's nothing wrong with simply saying you want somebody who deserves to be paid like the star that they are mm -hmm. to the fullest of their ability. And if that means you got to give a cut to somebody who can get you there, then that's what it means. I simply want Lamar to get paid at his fullest ability. And I think that sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do in that moment, because like I said, he can do the LeBron thing later. He can do the LeBron thing later. But LeBron's situation, too, was different because those guys actually did the work and they, they got right. the skill set. They, they did the experience. And he gets that his camp can still do that as well. But I think for now, he, he really has to find a way to, to maximize his, his worth. And unfortunately for his camp, I think that that means they have to go get somebody who is ex, that has an expertise in doing that. Yeah, I mean... And that's not even to say that they're not even going to be a part of it. I mean, they'll right, still, exactly. They'll still, they'll still be around. But I, yep. I think, I, I think the waiting game needs to end. You know, I, I for Lamar, I think it's he's he's kind of been just waiting out 
for a while now for the right deal from the Ravens, the right endorsement, the 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 right situation. Like I think that's it too. Every everything, he, I think it's time for him to start acting now because tomorrow's really not promised. And like yep. I said, these last two years, I think should really be an example of that to him that you know nothing nothing's a guarantee. Sure, you don't nobody plans to go into a season and get hurt, but. Those things happen, man. And, you know, unfortunately for him, it's happened at the worst times and it's caused him to miss the remainder of those seasons, including a playoff game this year. Yep. So um, I'm hoping that this is the off season where maybe he just kind of says, you know, enough is enough. I need to get mine right now I'm, because the longer I wait, you know, the the, the more questionable it, it becomes. Absolutely. And that doesn't just mean the contract. That means endorsements right. as well. Right. You find a way to maximize your worth because you do have a worth. You are worth something. But sometimes it requires some type of special, you know, it, it requires special people to get what it is mm -hmm. that you're looking for. Yeah. And he deserves that. He deserves everything. And I just hope that he gets what he wants in that regard. All right, before we get into our final segment, make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. So we did uh, offense and defense, Cordell, for the position reviews. And um, now we're up to special teams. Of course, we can always do coaches now. <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we ain't done yet. Right. But in terms of actual play, we still have special teams that we uh, have yet to discuss. And so it feels like it's pretty easy, right? I mean, you know, the Ravens obviously have a, a very good special team. They still have the GOAT kicker in mm -hmm. Justin Tucker. Um, and although we did see a couple of blocked, you know, a couple of blocked field goals, you know, a couple of blocked extra points last season, you know, um, I still think that Justin Tucker is still, you know, one of the top. Uh, kickers that we've seen um, we know that Sam Cook had retired and so the Ravens last year drafted Jordan Stout from Penn State to be the punter um, so he was the the, the premier punter um, this season and I think that Jordan Stout had an up and down year I think at mm -hmm. times he really showed you that he does have a, a, a great uh, leg and then at times his his punts ugh, they require some work, yeah. and you know I know that Cook um, has apparently said that he would work with Stout and try to you know help him um, in terms of you know becoming the the punter that the Ravens are are, are looking for, um, but ultimately you know he it's a project still in place, right? I, I, you know I think that as of right now, if you had to put a grade on him, I'd give him a C. Um, I think he's just somewhere in the middle in terms of uh, like returning and such. Well, we know what Devin Duvernay was able to do when he was healthy. Um, that is something that they really missed. Uh, but but Devin Duvernay had turned out to be like one of the the really good returners and ended up getting a Pro Bowl nod at one point. Um, as a result, so uh, that is something that that they've been good at. I am curious to know how this is going to work though, because it's very possible that the Ravens move on from Duvernay. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, in that regard, Justice Hill is another person that that they may move on from that has been a very good special teamer. Uh, but overall, I'd give special teams a B minus if I had to like overall give them a grade. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Um, 
Justin Tucker carries a lot of that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, for sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, that even for him, I mean, you know, uh, six missed field goals this year, a couple of blocks. Um, not, I mean, even he wasn't even immune to some of some of the downfalls of this season for the Ravens. So um, I would I would probably go see for me for the special teams just because um, when they were good they were really good and, I, and I also a part of it is honestly I I I had I hold them at high expectations. The Ravens are usually you know one of the best special teams units uh, in the NFL, and this year. I, I, I don't think that they were bad by any means, uh, but just not as dominant of a group that they've been the last couple of years. Um, the punts were inconsistent. A couple of blocked field goals for, for Justin Tucker. Devin Duvernay, while he did have the one kickoff return to start off that Miami game. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, it really wasn't the Devin Duvernay-type year that, that we saw last year. He brought some out of the end zone that he really had no business bringing out. And I think a part of that was really just frustration from probably not being involved on the offensive side right. of the ball. It's like, man, whenever I get it, I'm, I'm gone. Just trying to make a play. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, I, I don't blame him at all. Um, but it, it just wasn't working out. It, it wasn't working out. Um, Jordan Stout, you know, he's a guy drafted in the fourth round. You draft a punter that high. Um, he better be good. And this is a dude that he, I mean, he has some amazing punch throughout training camp, throughout practices, yep. sometimes even in a game, he'll show, he'll show that he has a, a, a monster of a leg, but you know, some, sometimes he lacked inconsistent. He, he lacked consistency. Um, I think just really from a lack of focus, to be honest with you, that when a dude is, is, has shown that he can punt the ball as well as he can. And then you see some of his, worst punts is like all right I, I don't I don't think he was probably really locked in right there with his mechanics or something but um overall this is a unit that has that won some games for the Ravens this season uh Justin Tucker had a couple of game winning kicks for sure and God knows that offense dried up in a big way in the second half of the season to the point right. to where they're playing for field goals yep. um so I mean in a, in a sense they were kind of that group that kept the Raven season that helped, I should say, keep the, uh, keep the Raven season afloat. I would also say they were robbed of opportunities there. The Ravens were pretty aggressive again this year on fourth downs. Um, so there were times where they probably should have been out there to get opportunities and weren't. Yep. Um, so, you know, that that's not necessarily on them, but I, I, it's just the way that this season really went so not not as good this year as I think that they've been in years past still a still a really good unit that like I said won some games uh for this Ravens team um I'm gonna go see yeah I understand that I I went back and forth in my head between is it a b minus is a c and I think that the point that you made is valid that you know Justin Tucker to me is still um the creme de la creme Mm -hmm. of kickers around this league and so even with you know the the blocks that he's had you know some of that could very well be just the blocking up front on, on special teams was poor um because we know that he can make the kicks you know what I mean so um I, I, I agree. The other, the, there, there needed to be work in other areas, um, particularly the returns, because, like you said, Devin Duvernay had, 
not really been his best in 2022 as maybe he was in 2021. And that could have been just him overcompensating for not getting the touches in the offense. Um, and then Jordan Stout in his rookie season was rocky. At times he punted very well. At times I was like, whoa, WTF. Um, and so, you know, that's something that he's he needs to work on. I am cautiously optimistic about what could potentially be the 2023 um, because if Sam Cook is going to continue to work with Stout, then I, I have no reason to believe that he won't improve mm -hmm. unless he shows us, you know, he won't um, until Justin Tucker really has a, a, a situation where he falls off and, and his accuracy is getting bad, then I don't feel any type of way about the kicker situation. And um, I say cautiously because I have no idea about what's going to happen to DuVernay. I have no idea about what's going to happen to um, Justice Hill because I believe Hill is a free agent. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I feel like he's a free agent. Yeah. And um, DuVernay is a guy that they could very well move on from this offseason if they wanted to. Um, so you, you, you have to take into account, well, those guys have to be replaced. And who would that then be, right? Because King and Drake is a free agent. He only signed a one-year deal. So that's out. And then, you know, who else is going to be available to do that? You could do that. You can find somebody in the draft, I'm sure. But um, you only got five picks. So you got to right. make these picks. All of them got to count. You know what I mean? So um, I C is fine. I, I I completely, I went back and forth with C and B minus, mm -hmm. uh, but I I think that that's a very you know accurate depiction of what this Ravens special teams looks like, and I think that you have to feel like they'll rebound and 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 get back to their their A minus form in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean, and, and and especially, you know, if DuVernay's back there, I, I expect him to have a better year for sure. If not, I, I thought Justice Hill, uh, Justice Hill can definitely be a return guy. I, I think Justice Hill will be back. You know, he gives them so much in the special teams department, and he's kind of that safety valve running back that they can uh, throw out there on third downs if they have to. He's a back that they can give the ball to and, you know, he can make plays when given um, opportunities. The run game didn't slow down when Justice Hill got back there. In fact, I think to start the season, he was one of the guys that helped rejuvenate that yep. running game. So um, I, I, I think there's a role for Justice Hill still still on this team. DuVernay, if they were to move on from him, that would be that would be a blow right now because not just yep. from a return standpoint, but also their receiving room can't take that blow. He's the I second agree. best receiver on the roster right now. Um, but that's just the bind that they find themselves in, uh, which kind of goes in what I was saying before. It, Lamar Jackson is kind of that thread that is holding the entire Ravens offseason together. It, it yeah. really is. You, you, you take that one piece out and all of a sudden everything else starts to become more clear on what you can and can't do. So um, the Ravens, don't. I, I don't think that, they definitely they definitely don't want to lose a guy like Devin Duvernay. They haven't been able to really unlock him to see, I think, what he's truly capable of doing out there. He gives me uh, Cordell Patterson types of vibes for sure. Um, not maybe not necessarily the guy that can play running back. I don't I don't think he could do that right now. But in terms of just being able to wear a lot of different hats, in terms of just needing to be that guy that you put the ball in his hand some way, somehow, and he can make plays. 
Um, that that's the type of player I see Devin Duvernay being. And for an offense that lacks traditional wide receivers right now, yep. they I, I I fully think they need anybody on this team that can be a true football player that can just hey give me the ball and let me make something happen. I, I completely agree with you on that. So I hope not. I'm just saying that there's always the possibility because I've seen this thing right. come up as cap casualties, um, you know, in terms of like getting, you know, some money back um, to potentially go after a wide receiver. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think that the special teams uh, has room for improvement, but I think overall it could be worse. So, I mean, uh, depending on how you view that, could be a plus, could be a minus. It's completely up to you. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. Cordell, I'm sure we'll be talking more about the Lamar Jackson no, Ravens. Most, most the likely. Because, of course, it'll be two more, two, three more new stories out, brother. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be talking more uh, about that, I'm sure. We'll do coaches on Friday for mm-hmm. uh, our position review. I know they're, they don't technically have a position, but they are very important to what this team does. And we'll talk about how we grade them um and, and friday's episode so we want to thank everyone for listening from cordell to me this is winning drive